0: We had a um, wonderful Ash Wednesday service this last week, and uh, I know many were here for that, and probably many in the room were here for that. And uh, if you missed out for whatever reason, just encourage you maybe next year when we—I uh, think—we'll do this again for sure. And it was just—it's just a great time to kick off the Lent season, um, and uh, you know, just kind of get our hearts in the right spot and reflect a little bit on some of those realities of our human nature, sinful nature that we're battling against and all of that. Uh, And I hope uh, for Lent that you've uh, made a decision on some things to add into your life as you Pro- progress through the next 40 days of just, uh, yeah, some things to help to draw your attention to Jesus, but also maybe uh, you chose to fast from something as well to, uh, again, uh, in the effort to continue to get our attention on Jesus for the season and prepare for his death and resurrection in the celebration of that event. So encourage you in that. It's, um, it's fun. I've been enjoying, again, this uh, series on spiritual senses and uh, we have uh, worked through uh, our time over the last four weeks or so, and we've got about two messages left. So today and next week, and then we'll be done with this series, and then we'll go move on to something else. And uh, looking forward to that, I got some ideas on where we're headed next, uh, and uh, excited to be able to uh, present some some new things uh, in in that regard as well. But uh, that's that's for another time. Today, I just uh, felt felt need in the midst of this series on spiritual senses to to take a moment to again remind us of the fact that all of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ as those who are in the family of God that we need the Holy Spirit we need the Spirit to be involved in our life we need the Spirit in order to walk and live the Christian life Uh, we can't survive without it right I mean there's there's no possible way for us to live and follow Jesus right Live with and follow Jesus unless we have the Holy Spirit, right, within us. Unless we're recognizing the Holy Spirit. Unless we uh, uh, see the, the, the value of that and, and, the, and the spiritual realities that are happening around us. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be able to hear Jesus and feel Jesus and smell Jesus and see Jesus and taste Jesus in a spiritual way, in a spiritual moment in order to live our life. Ephesians 5 is a uh, uh, you know, famous one. I'm going to give you a lot of famous passages today, but uh, this is the one to start with today. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as wise, try that again, not as unwise, <laughs> but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. And then moving on to the next few verses. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Stay on this. Passage, this screen for a couple of minutes. But the previous screen had the fact that we are, he's calling us to to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then these verses here highlight what happens when we're filled with the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We are drawn together as a result of having the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit, we, we come together as a body of believers to sing His praises, to sing not just words with our mouth, but words with our spirits as well. That we would gather together as a body of believers, as people who, who, who are children, of God and worship together the next thing that we see is that we are to get we give thanks always and for everything again those who are filled with the spirit recognize who God is and what he's done for us and so we are constantly giving him thanks for all things even the hard things in life that we walk through because of his amazing goodness and grace and that is something that is inspired by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us And then finally, we see this submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It is when we're filled with the Holy Spirit that we're also filled with humility and recognize the equality among all of the brothers and sisters in Christ and our need to come alongside one another to encourage and to be encouraged by and to submit to one another in order to serve and care for each other and whatever the needs that we may have. To be filled with the Spirit, this this passage is highlighting this reality of this is what the Christian life is. This is how we walk. This is how we, we are able to follow Jesus. Uh, The Holy Spirit and the indwelling of that Spirit in us is how we are able to to know Jesus, to to be able to continue to pursue Him, to recognize what He's doing and to join Him in in what He's doing. Being people of the King, we need to recognize the need we have for the Spirit and to see what is happening in the spiritual realms around us. And it's this Holy Spirit who gives us these different senses and the one that we're looking at today who gives us eyes eyes to see what Jesus is doing. And why do we need eyes to see what Jesus is doing? Well, 1 Corinthians 13:12, for we now for now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know fully even as we have been fully known. The reality is, is it's hard to see these days. It's hard to see just through our physical senses. We need something more. We can't just rely on our physical sight, the things that are happening in the tangible physical world around us. We need to have the Holy Spirit and to have spiritual eyes to see what's going on behind the physical realities of our world. 2 Corinthians 4, again, we read this at the beginning of the uh, the service today, uh, verses 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our physical eyes, look at that, our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us. It's an affliction. We can see the realities of this physical world and it's weighing on us and it's hard, but that affliction is preparing for us an eternal spiritualized weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look Not to the things that are seen, because these things are transient, but the things that are unseen, because those things are eternal. So it's this reality that we need to see the spiritual things that are happening in our world. We need to have eyes physically to see what's going on in a physical world, but we need to have eyes to see spiritually what's going on in the spiritual world. And I love how God encourages us through Jeremiah chapter one, how he was helping Jeremiah to see physically and with his spiritual eyes. Jeremiah chapter one, verses 11 and 12, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So he's asking Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see before him? Physically, he sees before him an almond branch. And he sees well, he sees physically well, but then God says, but I want you to see more. I want you to see the spiritual realm. This is not just an almond branch. This is me watching my word, over my word and performing it. And this is what God wants to do with us. When we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord, when we, are baptized, or when we are born again into the Holy Spirit, right? we get the Spirit, and as we get the Spirit, then we're able to begin to see things from a different angle, to be able to see things in the spiritual realm, to be able to see what Jesus is doing and where he's at work. This is, I think, the main purpose of eyes to see, spiritual eyes to see, is to see what Jesus is doing. See what he's working on. Where he's at work in me, but also where he's at work in others. And in order to understand this, we have to start with this understanding that Jesus is always at work. As we just sang in the song, right? He's always working. Whether we can see it, whether we can feel it, he's always at work. But John 5, 17 also tells us as well. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working as well. In the NIV, it says, my father is always working even until now, and I am still, I am working too. So this reality that we have to understand is that Jesus is always at work. He never rests. He never takes time off. He's never slumbering. He's never separated us. He's never just not doing anything. He's always working. And what is, and why is he always working? Because... He loves us. This is reality. We have a God who didn't just create this world, create these human beings, and then step away and say, well, figure it out. I gave you the word. You've got the Bible, so go figure it out. We have a God that says, no, 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 I've given you the word because I want to have relationship with you. I want to have intimacy with you. I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want us to walk and journey together. Jesus is always working because he loves us, and he wants to bless us. He wants to care for our needs. He wants to help us. He wants to, again, draw us into that intimate relationship with him. Jeremiah 29, 11, right? We, we know this passage, again, famous, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is true of all, of his, all in his family, all, all people that have ever been created. That's his desire, is for everyone to have a hope in a future, right? Everyone to be blessed, everyone to, to experience his love. And this is why he's working. He's working to communicate and express his love in the Romans eight twenty eight, another passage that kind of speaks to this same thing, right? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. He is working to bring about good things, even able to redeem the bad things that have happened in our life. Able to turn those around somehow to bring something beautiful out of it. This is Jesus. He is always working, and he's always working to express his love to us. And what does that look like? How does he do that in in more practical sense? I think the best passage for this is Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 as Jesus is launching his ministry. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. These are the things that he does and he continues to do. It's not just when he was on earth, not just when he was doing ministry for three years. Jesus is continuing to proclaim the good news to the poor. He is continuing to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And he's uh, set at liberty those who are oppressed and he's proclaiming that this is the year of the Lord's favor. He's healing, he's freeing, he's restoring, he's reconciling, he's protecting, he's guiding John 10, 10 also summarizes this, I think, very well. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is what he's working. This is what it looks like when he works. These are the things that we get to experience in our lives. These are the things that we see in the lives of those around us. But more than that, these are the things that he does through us in the lives of others. Because he's always working in us and through us. He's working in us, Philippians 2:13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work, for His good pleasure. He works through us, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, he's worked us, created in Christ Jesus for good, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are meant to join him in the good works that he's doing and those around us. Jesus is always working and understands that, that Jesus is the source of all good work. James 1:17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. If you are experiencing anything good, if you have accomplished anything good, Jesus is the short source. He's the one who has worked that in you. He is the one who has empowered you to join him in what he's doing in somebody else's life. Anytime you experience anything of value and of goodness in the kingdom of God, it is because Jesus has been the one who initiated and motivated and accomplished that good work. We as his believers, we as his children, our job is simply to see what he's doing and to agree to join him in it. So we start with this understanding of Jesus' work. That he is always working, and he's working because he loves us. He's working to express his love for us. He works by, through healing and through freedom and through restoration, through reconciliation, protection, and guiding. But he's also working in us and through us to accomplish all the good things that we will ever experience and anyone else will ever experience around us. Jesus is a good savior a good king a good lord and he is working on our behalf the challenge that we have is can we see his work do we recognize what he's doing around us can we see his work i mean is that something that's part of our world right for some of us in this room maybe right now you're desperate to see what jesus is doing We could see his work through our physical eyes. We certainly can. There's evidence around us, right? Our, our physical eyes can see the ramifications of what's been, what he's been doing in the lives of others and in our own lives, you know, changed lives, right? When, when something changes in us, right? When we, we have a, a big shift in our life, when we follow the call like Don and Dia are to Panama, like that's obvious, look at, okay, there is God's call, There's it's, it's working out, we can see it with our physical eyes. Jessica heading to India, see it with our physical eyes, this reality of God's work in her that is calling her to this, to this country at this time, right? To do this work, right? And so we can see it with our physical eyes. Reconciliation. When there's been a division within family or friends or coworkers or wherever it may be and there's reconciliation that comes, we can see it there. Oh my gosh, look at God's brought them back together. What a beautiful thing that God's brought them back together. You know, we've had the opportunity this year to see healings, right? Especially the last few months, like God stepped in and we've prayed for people and they've gotten healed. I mean, that is a clear sign with our physical eyes. This person was not well. Now they are well. There is God's work seeing God's kingdom come as well. Consider this, right? I mean, last year, 2023, we had this amazing blessing of seeing people in our church join Jesus and bringing 90 people into the kingdom of God. That's amazing. That is awesome. That is exciting. And that is a clear physical world evidence of God's work in our world and in and through us. We see it in conversions. We see it in baptisms. We see it in convictions of sin. We see it in the truths that are revealed. Every step toward Jesus in a person's life is Jesus working. But that's just the physical realm. What happens when we don't see it in these tangible ways? That's when we need to have the spiritual eyes to see where he's at work, to have an awareness of his work in the spiritual realm, the unseen realm, the intangible realm. In essence, it's what uh, <laughs> it's what Elisha got to experience in his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6. I'll read this amazing passage: When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold an army with many horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And then Elisha said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, "O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw and behold. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's in those times when we're surrounded by the enemies of this world, even the spiritual enemies of the dark world, that we need spiritual eyes to see the chariots of fire that are all around us. Seeing the spiritual work of God is seeing the internal changes that haven't quite worked their way out into physical realm. To see the internal convictions and the calls, the internal comfort and the uh, uh, internal encouragement and even peace. In essence, our ability to see God's work isn't just something that we do with our eyes. We can use all of the senses to be able to sense God's work, right? And we can do that, you know, through our our ears, right? We can hear his voice. We can feel his presence. We can smell his truth. When we see, when we sense with those things, we know, oh, wait, he's doing something in this moment. But we need to use our eyes as well. An example I think of this in our recent days is is uh, COVID. In 2020, everything in our world changed, radically changed in a very short period of time. It was amazing all the, the craziness that what this kind of things launched into. It started out as like, oh, okay, we're going to be you know qu- quarantined for a week or so, maybe or two, and and then months, and then. Oh my gosh, what do we how long is this going to go? And and then, you know, the de- the deaths that we see all around as people are dying from this this crazy thing, this COVID thing. Like right? what are we going to do and how do we protect ourselves and how do we protect our parents or how do we protect our loved ones? How do we protect ourselves and whatever? Like we're freaking out, but then, you know, we get into the summer and then there's all of these divisions, right? And we've got writing in the street and nobody knows what's true. Everybody's kind of figuring out what's going on. What is this science true or is that science true or how do we react to this? How do we respond to this? And so for those from From our physical eyes in this season, all we saw was death, destruction, division. But praise the Lord that I know myself and many in this room, we were able to see, thanks to the goodness of the Lord and His Holy Spirit, we were able to see with spiritual eyes what He was doing in the midst of all this chaos. Chaos. What looked like death and destruction and division, and it was indeed those things. But God was working behind the scenes. He was bringing life, He was bringing restoration, He was bringing unity. He was drawing people together, actually, in this time. He was working in people's hearts. He was shaking the foundations of the church, people who had been leaning for t- too long on the things of this world. And he was saying, you got to let go because you can't rely on those things. I'm the only one you can rely on. Will you come to me? Will you find me? Will you worship me? Will you trust me? Will you let go of the world? Will you let go of this nation? Will you let go of the things, that, the wealth of this nation, and just come to me? I have it all. Jesus was working so powerfully and profoundly during COVID and has been continuing since then. Can you see it? From physical eyes, maybe not. Maybe there's no evidence. But if we can see with our spiritual eyes. Wow. What I found through COVID was... Jesus reminding me over and over again, don't look with your physical eyes. See what I'm doing with your spiritual eyes. Over and over again, he reminded me of that and wanted me to remind you, and I tried every time he did. It was like, you gotta tell the church again. Focus on me. See me. See what I'm doing. I think seeing with our spiritual eyes can also be related to that unbeliever that we've been trying to share the love of Jesus with who continues just to reject it over and over again. Physically, it looks like they are not interested. They are not open at all. And we can can start to despair a little bit and think, why am I even trying? Why am I even wasting my time? You know what? I'm just not even gonna bring it up anymore. Yet then in prayer, the Holy Spirit can show up and say, no, 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 let me show you with your spiritual eyes. There's a softening in their heart you can't see it yet but don't give up keep praying keep connecting with them keep sharing keep living it out keep being uh, engaging with them we need to see with our spiritual eyes because sometimes the physical world around us and what we're seeing with our physical eyes is just telling us just to give up and walk away But if we can see with our spiritual eyes, then we can respond appropriately to what's actually happening. That there's something more that's going on. That there's actually chariots on the hills all around us and we don't have to surrender. We don't have to give in. We don't have to despair, but we can continue to move forward with confidence and boldness knowing that he is at work. I think oftentimes in regards to seeing God at work it can be easier to see God working in somebody else than it is to see him working in us. I don't know, maybe it's just because we're just too close to it, right? And sometimes we're just so wrapped up in what's happening in our world, you know, the, the struggle physically, the, the, the pain and the, the trial and the tension that's going on all around us that, that we just we have a hard time using our spiritual senses to see. But this is exactly why we need to be in fellowship with other believers. Because it's showing up here on sunday morning to hear not not just from the pastor not from a worship team or joe in the announcements but to hear from your brothers and sisters in christ who are using their spiritual sense of sight to see what god is doing in your life and speaking it out over you to encourage you but also for you to do the same for others The reality is, in those times of trial, the only way of really knowing what God is doing is through spiritual spiritual eyes. And it's in those times of trial where it's most important that we see what God is doing. Because it's easy for us to despair. You know, I think about the psalmist, right? You know? dave david all the time he starts out a psalm like lord where are you what are you doing my life is is this so hard everyone my every enemies went in they're after me they're destroying me and then at the end he's like but you are faithful you are good you are working i believe that and i see that it's like almost as he's journaling this out right this psalm out it's like he the lord opens up his eyes his spiritual eyes And he he gets past the physical eye stuff and then he gets into the spiritual eye stuff and he begins to speak into that. This is for us. Like when we're in those trial times, it's okay to lament about the physical things, but do you see what he's doing with your spiritual eyes? Even when there's no evidence of it physically. I think having spiritual sight is also kind of that vision casting sense. It's the sense where uh, we're able to, uh, the Lord allows us to see sometimes into the future. Now, it's oftentimes not very clear. He doesn't, oftentimes if he shows us a picture or gives us some sight of the future, often not very you know, like exact details, but it's more kind of maybe uh, images or a little bit of a foggy image of some sort. But, but he allows us on occasion to see forward, see into the future to encourage us. Think I was thinking of Ezekiel chapter 37, you know, verses 1 to 3 again. Famous Old Testament passage. The hand of the Lord was upon me, Eli- Ezekiel says, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. <laughs> and he said to me, son of man, Can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers, Oh, Lord God, you know. You likely know the rest of this story. God tells him to begin to prophesy over the bones. (laughs) And they actually begin to have flesh come upon them and come to life right before him. Here in this passage, we see Ezekiel. He's looking physically with his eyes, and what he sees is they're dry bones. Boy, are they dry, dry bones. There is no life in them. And then God says, right, let me, let me give you a picture. Let me give you a vision, a little bit of the future of what's coming, that these dry bones are going to live, right? And so sometimes I think the, the, the spiritual ability to see God's work is about vision, about what he's about to do, not what he's doing right now, but what he's about to do. And again, that's such a great encouragement. Like, you know, we're in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the tension of life, right? In the midst of the pain and the sorrow, all of that, the mourning, like in the midst of that, when he shows up and allows you with your spiritual eyes to see a little bit in the future to know that this isn't the end, that you're not going to be here forever, that there is blessing coming, that there's going to be good days ahead, right? That we can look for tomorrow, right? And that he's going to be there with us and he's going to encourage us and take care of us. And there's going to be, you know, things that we get to enjoy. Both physical and spiritual sight are keys to being able to join Jesus. Again, this is part of what we're supposed to be doing as as followers of Jesus, right? Jesus says, come and follow me. And, and you know, I just got to say this too, like, you know, the the job of the, the Christian life is not about working on ourselves. The Christian life is not about trying to make me holy and get me all taken care of, right, so that I look really good and pretty. The goal of the Christian life is to follow Jesus, right? And as we follow Jesus, he works those things in us. And so that we do become more holy, right? We actually get to live that out and enjoy that relationship with him more, right? That's the reality. So like he wants us to join him. He wants, he's always working. He's always moving. He's always on the run. Like, do you see him? And are you joining him? He calls us to join him. He calls us to be alongside of him and to do what? To do the things that he's doing. Like in Luke chapter four, when he sends out his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, these verses, very similar to Luke chapter four, but we're, we're on Matthew 10, just to be clear. I'm, Micah, I'm throwing out a couple verses there for him. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, he says, and proclaim as you go saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You have received without pay, give without pay. We join Jesus in doing the things that he does. Setting the captives free. Bringing healing. Open up the eyes of the blind. Are you blind? (laughs) We need to have our physical eyes ready to go, but we also need to have our spiritual eyes working and ready so that we can see where God is at work. And join him in whatever that work is. Which leads me to developing our sight. How do we develop that sight? I've been trying to do this again with all of our spiritual senses. To be able to give you some, some practical tools. Like try, try, try practicing these things. Like some spiritual practices that will help you to develop these different senses. And I've got two again this week, like I've had uh, the previous weeks. One is focused on Scripture, and one is a little bit more uh, kind of, you know, uh, ethereal or mystical, mystical, if you will. Mysterious, let's put it that way. So, uh, so how about for Scripture? I, I think if we want to develop our site, we need, to, uh, we need to read through the Gospels and the Book of Acts and journal or write down everything that we see Jesus do. If we want to know how Jesus works, we go back to Scripture to see how he's worked in the past. Now, he doesn't always work. I mean, he works in the, today, similar to how he worked in the past. Sometimes he does new things, right? That's a reality as well. But if we really want to develop our ability, our sense uh, to be able to see God's work, get into Scripture. Read through the Gospels. Write down every time God, Jesus does something. Whatever he does, write it down. And then continue into the book of Acts and write down everything you see him do through the disciples. Write them all down. I mean, amazing things that happen. in the, I, mean, I can't believe Acts. Like the book of Acts, I think it's chapter 5, right? Acts chapter 5, Peter's walking into the temple, right? And there's a blind beggar there. Right? And, and, and how did he know that that guy wanted to be, that Jesus wanted to be healed? Healed that guy. I'm sorry. I can do this. Uh, anyway, right? I mean, how did he know? Like he walks up and this guy is there begging for, for money. He just wants money. He's not asking to be healed. He's just there saying, hey, I just need some money to make it through the day. Guy who'd been there for decades. A guy that Peter had walked by multiple times over and over again throughout his life and throughout the last few years walking with Jesus. Guy who Jesus walked by, I'm sure. And then Peter shows up that day. How did he know? It even says in that passage that, that Peter looked into him, his eyes intently. Or not eyes, but he looked at him intently. Like he looked at his face intently. And I think it's that moment, right? He's seeing, not just with his physical eyes. Peter is seeing with his spiritual eyes. And he saw in this, with his spiritual eyes that Jesus was ready to heal that man. And so he approaches this blind beggar, and instead of saying, hey, I got some money, he says, I don't got that, but I do have something else. Stand up and walk. Do you understand? Like, we are children of God. We have the same Holy Spirit within us that Peter has. That we too have eyes to see his work, not just physically, but spiritually. And we too can be walking by a blind beggar and see and sense and understand what Jesus wants to do in his life, even if we don't see it physically with our spiritual senses. Are we listening? Are we open to that? Are we blind? Can we see it? So cataloging the works of Jesus in the Gospels and the works through the disciples that Jesus does in Acts. The other spiritual practice is what's what called prayer of examine. And there's different ways you can do this, uh, but this is what I'm suggesting in this regard. Uh, the prayer of examine is uh, something basically you do at the end of the day when you're crawling into bed, and uh, you kind of your, your last you know kind of prayer before you fall to sleep, but but you do something purposeful, intentional about it. And in, in this prayer, you stop and you ask Jesus to show you all the things, all the ways that He was working in your life throughout the day. And then you allow your mind to go back to when you stepped out of bed that morning, and you retrace your steps. That you worked, that you did all that day, and you listen and are aware and see with your eyes how Jesus was working throughout your day, even though you probably didn't see it in the moment. But I think a regular practice of the prayer of examine can help to develop our spiritual eyes so that we can become more aware, even in the moment, of what Jesus is doing in our lives and in the lives around us. So, catalog the works of God, of Jesus in the gospels and acts, and then prayer of examine. I think those are the two, uh, uh, spiritual practices I would encourage you to help develop your spiritual eyes to see God's work. All right. Worship team, come on up. Just, uh, concluding some uh, questions maybe with you to kind of prompt some thought. Um, you know, again, I've said it a couple times already, but are you blind? But more, more on, let's look at the positive side. What do you see? What are you seeing? What are you seeing with your physical eyes around you? But, but what are you seeing with your spiritual eyes? Are you seeing what God is doing behind the scenes? Are you seeing his work? And here's my encouragement, I guess, as we go to a t- time of worship, that, that if you're not seeing with spiritual eyes, if you're in the midst maybe right now of just a trial and physically, you're not seeing any of God's work. And so you just are desperate to see what he is. is He's even here, right? Does he does even care about what I'm in, right? So I, I want in this time, would you ask him Ask Jesus to show up. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he is doing. Some of you need that right now. Some of you are in a spot right now where you just, like, you're wondering if he's just took off. He's, he's just left you, right? So pray. Ask him. Lord, show me what you're doing. Reveal to me with your, my spiritual eyes this reality of your work in my life. I believe you're working in my life, but I can't see it. Help me to see it. And then I think the other piece is... What are the things that you've seen that he's doing that you're not joining him in? Eyes to see is about being able to partner with Jesus. It's not about so we have some like you know, information. I mean, it, that's encouraging, right? It's good to know when he's working. But, but that's not the goal, right? The goal, again, the Christian life is not about me. It's not about making me happy. It's not about my, me being blessed. It's not about me having all this information. It's always meant to be passed on. It's always meant to be, you know, the blessings we received, we bless others with those blessings. 2 Corinthians 1, right? The comfort that you've received, now comfort others. And so if you see what he's doing around you, are you joining him in it? Or are you just kind of like, oh, that's nice, oh, that's working over there, that's cool. Or maybe even harder, the things you're seeing him do in you, Are you fighting him on the things that he's trying to do in you? Or are you willing to join him in the change that he's trying to bring? All right, a couple things to think about, just pray about and seek the Lord in in this time. Yeah, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for longing and desiring to be with us. to to do life with us, to journey with us, to partner with us, and for us to partner with you. Lord, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit so that we can see things and be aware of the spiritual realities around our world. Lord, we we have physical eyes, and they're great, and they give us a lot of information, but Lord, we, we need to develop these spiritual senses so that we can see. Even when everything seems lost, be able to see what you're doing underneath in the deep recesses of our hearts. Lord, thank you that you are always at work and that you are always asking and for us to join you in that work. And Lord, thank you for all the amazing things you do. May you remind us of those great things each day. Lord, that you would reveal to us over and over again your abundant grace and mercy and that you are a God who loves us and is always working for our good. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Whoever forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. In Jesus' name amen thank you church for being here this morning I, I pray that the lord has been speaking and encouraging and opening your eyes to see Uh, We're going to continue to keep this space uh, worshipful and in that kind of atmosphere and allow people to encourage you to stay and worship, especially if you're working something out with the Lord right now. Stay in here, worship, and continue to seek him. Uh, If Part of that seeking him is uh, needing someone to pray. Come alongside you in that. Please come forward. We would love to pray for you this morning as well. And then for those that are ready to head out and fellowship in the fellowship hall, that's what it's designed for, right? It's a fellowship hall. So head on out and, and bless each other with words as God uh, provides those words of encouragement to, uh, to give to each other. And, and church, have a great Sunday. Thanks for being here.